Welcome, all you degenerates, heathens, and miscreants, to another episode. It's that time again. No, not time for your quarterly shower. Iken and Boots are back to talk reactions from the season thus far. The best part? These reactions won't leave you scratching like the time you went streaking through that field of poison ivy. Today's guest is Doom, a resident Discord film watcher who spends almost as much time analyzing his own neuroses as he does players. Enjoy! Hello everybody, I'm Boots. I'm Iken. And today our guest is Doom. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. It's like we're getting a sneak peek behind the voice behind the intro. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? This is this is like if Vanna White was going to like come on and host Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird, man. Like, uh, we're like, going to hear like, that, that iconic voice the whole time. Well, you know, I I just hope I don't put anybody to sleep. I've been told it's very relaxing. It is relaxing. That's true. <laughs> um, so uh, today I just wanted to sort of chat about sort of uh, the going abouts of the league so far. You know, uh, what's surprising you guys? Uh, you know, not just teams, like uh, the players too. Who, who's, who's really popping out to you so far this year? Because it's been a weird year, right, with COVID and all that. Right. Uh, I don't think it gets much weirder, right? <laughs> no, it it really hasn't. Yeah, that's you know it. It's I I have no envy for commissioners this year because it's <laughs> not an easy job, right? You know, to begin yeah. with, you're essentially herding cats, and now they're asking you to plan for the unplannable. So, yeah. you know, it's a difficult proposition. But from the looks of it, it seems like the NFL is at least trying to stay on top of it. As far as the rumor about whether or not they, you know, they knew that a player might have already been positive, you know, until that's proven, I don't really want to buy into that. I'm not ready to put on my tinfoil hat just yet. Moving into what you were talking about, though, I got to say, and I know it was mentioned on this podcast in a previous episode, Boots, I think you're the one that said it. Um, these rookies are looking very NFL ready already. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm speaking more specifically mm -hmm. about Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, um, Gabriel Davis, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, C.D. So, Lamb. C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, you know, it, not looking into any case specifically, but that's, that's kind of how – and if you guys want to dive into it deeper, feel free. But um, that's kind of my takeaway is like we have three we have three weeks right now, right? And mm -hmm. I'm looking at these rookies and I'm like, man, these guys look good. Like uh, some of them are running some really crisp routes, uh, making some really nice grabs. I mean, T. Higgins came away with two touchdowns. Uh, you know, I, I I watched the tape and they weren't necessarily. I'm, both of them were blown coverages, but the yeah, fact that he, I was gonna say, <laughs> well, I, the second one though, the second one he he made it a blown coverage because he saw what the what the safety and the cornerbacks were doing, and so he changed his route to be to become open, and so it's those types of little things that it it, it shows like he has the presence and the and the mind of a veteran by sh showing that vision. Uh, and making the play out of it. So uh, that's just one small example that I have. I would also just say, you know, just from my own observations watching that film, and you're right about the blown coverages, they definitely were. But, you know, 
Burrow is getting absolutely mauled throughout that game. His offensive line can't stand up. You know, they're essentially just turnstiles. And at that same time, Burrow is showing like just unbelievable touch and accuracy for a rookie. I'm talking he is dropping, you know, just dimes in the bucket on the sideline, just as Russell Wilson is. And we're talking about a rookie with no offensive line who's under pressure constantly. So that really surprised me, too, as far as, you know, looking to the plus side for Cincinnati wide receivers. No, I mean, I, I, I think I agree with the overarching point. And, you know, we've talked about this, you know, the icon with the callback there. But I think that, you know, we're seeing wide receivers in the NFL being more NFL ready. Uh, I, I do like Higgins. I like that you brought that up because he has just been so very, very productive in the, in that like very limited role that he had uh, against Philadelphia. I don't. I, I that was the caveat that I was thinking about the whole blown coverage thing. Um, I think if I had to pick one thing that's really like stood out to me is the the weirdest thing, and I I guarantee not one person thought that this was gonna happen. But the Chicago Bears are three and zero, despite the fact that they don't have a quarterback. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I never, I never saw that one coming. That's <laughs> I, I can't explain that one. You got it. You got the, what is it? Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Oh no, for Chicago, I'm saying I really can't explain. Oh, that okay. I thought yeah, you said yeah. You could. Oh, you're good. No, uh, I was say, uh, if like, you could explain it, you must be the only person on this planet yeah. that could explain it. I mean, the fact the fact is is that the Chicago Bears went out and they spent you know what was it twenty plus million on Nick Foles to have the exact same quarterback that they already had. Well, and th- this was the whole big thing. You know, everyone keeps bringing up Cam Newton. They say, oh, the Chargers could have had Cam Newton. The, the mm-hmm. Bears could have had Cam Newton. The thing that not many people are talking about is the fact that if you bring Cam Newton in, you have to start him, right? Yeah, you, you I agree. can't You can't bring Cam Newton in, and the locker room sits there, and they look at Mitch Trubisky, and they look at last year, and they go, this guy. Or they look over at Cam Newton, and they think, I remember watching that guy when I was in college. That guy is really good, and I want him to be the quarterback, right? Cam Newton instantly brings a quarterback controversy because of how good he is, right? Mm -hmm. Bringing in Foles, in my mind, was, okay, Mitch Trubisky, this is like a motivational thing here. They're going to bring him in, and this is supposed to motivate you to not play like crap. (laughs) <laughs> and it didn't work at all. Um, but somehow they're 3-0, and right? Like, and maybe, hey, maybe it's because they played Detroit, the Giants, and Atlanta. I don't know. I'm scared to bring up uh, strength of schedule around Iken because if I bring it up regarding the Bills, he might, he might kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think also strength of schedule is just, it's not a thing. Just like fetch is not a thing. During the during the off season, I don't put any weight in the strength of schedule because there's so much, you know, just yeah. tumult in the off season. You have players changing teams, coaching regimes are changing, yeah. uh, you know, defensive philosophies change. Like you can't really gauge that in the off season. But I mean, who three, thought Jacksonville would look as good as they do? Oh, uh, we all thought that Jacksonville was just going to be, you know, a giant sieve that just gave away fantasy points. And they're looking right now like giving away, like trading away all those players were good moves. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And speaking of Jacksonville, James Robinson. Oh, I mean, 
Love I mean, for, for an undrafted free agent, you know, like, uh, he's this year's Philip, uh, what should we call it, Lindsay. Give me give me a player or a team that surprised you the most, you. Uh, I know, I'm, I feel like I'm going to rip this one out of Aiken's hands, but he'll be happy to hear it regardless. But I'll, uh, take the, I'll take the other side. I have a backup just in case he wants to talk about him more than I do. And that's Josh Allen. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you can't be surprised by the transformation that Josh Allen has gone through in the offseason. Like, between, and this was highlighted if you had watched some of that game, uh, the commentators, they did a little highlight of it and everything. But his footwork has almost completely changed. Yep. Uh, his, you know, getting rotational passing, which is essentially about twisting the hips and using that force in order to force your arm into a direction so you can concentrate more on accuracy. And it is showing. I mean, it is showing in long distance throws. He is being far more accurate than he has ever been. And, you know, I don't know what plan he got on, what coach got to him, (laughs) you know, but COVID did something right for Josh Allen. So uh, to answer answer that, he spent the entirety of the offseason in Southern California working with Tony Romo and somebody else uh, really working on his game, looking at a lot of his uh, you know, tar- progression, his target progression, um, and just he literally spent the entirety of the offseason as soon as you know the official uh, team activities were done for 2019, he went off to Southern California and then came back just in time for camp. That was it. And I'm going to speak on that, too. You mentioned, you know, uh, target progression. And one of the very first things I noticed watching the film on Bill on the Bills game in week one, uh, it was the Zach Moss uh, passing touchdown. And I'm watching Josh Allen's head and his head goes from number one to number two to number three. He gets mm-hmm. pressured, forces himself out to the right and you know pushes up towards the goal line to force defenders forward freeing up zach moss in the back of the end zone for for essentially a free toss right to him i mean that that showed you know already i knew something was different at that time like i i wasn't fully on board like hey this is a different guy suddenly he's aaron Rodgers or anything like that but i had noticed that and that was just so night and day between the way he looked last year one of the other cool things I noticed, too, is they're, they're designing some really cool plays. There was one of the plays, I forget if it was against the Rams or um, in Week 2, where they had Singletary get snapped right straight to Singletary, and they scripted Josh to make it look like it was over-snapped, like it went over his head, and he like put his hands up and twisted around and, and really sold <laughs> I, it. I did see I that play. I yeah, saw I that play. That was, that was pretty that, clever. I liked the, that one. That seemed like a Bill Belichick kind of move right there. You know, <laughs> yeah. like just just pretend that you fumbled. Yeah, no. But the thing is, is like he could sell it because that is who he was years ago. This is what I'll say about Josh Allen. I, I, I noticed, uh, you know, everything you guys have said, completely true. He looks like he I, I heard a great joke. This is the perfect way to describe it. If if. Carson Wentz somehow got all the skill sucked out of him this offseason, and then they took it and threw it to Josh Allen, right? <laughs> That's what happened, because he Wentz g- looks awful, and Josh Allen looks amazing. He gave I mean, him the old Shang Tsung, the, your soul is mine. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. He, he looks phenomenal. I, I mean, he, he really does. I mean, I, it, you know, it, everyone brings up the, the thing, it's the Jets, it's Miami, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, he just did it against the Rams, right? He just did it against Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, right? Like, the Rams are a good defense. I don't care what anybody says. And he just did it against them. Yeah. You know, it was funny, before this season, we all said that the stat going around was that no quarterback had rushed uh, eight, 80 times in a season and not ended up as a QB1. The crazy thing about Josh Allen is we drafted him for the rushing ability, and somehow we got something better. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> think he's number two. the fact that he learned to throw. He's number two in passing yards right now, is he? Is he not? I'm not sure in passing yards. I know in fantasy he is QB2, though. He's QB2 right now in fantasy, so. Yeah, for sure. And since we're a real podcast with real podcast things, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Fantasy team stuck in jail and can't pass go? Are you tired of being a Spaniard in Main or a Brando? Busty Bud here with another fantastic product, the Trade Machine. The Trade Machine is systematically designed to wear down your league mates with enough offers to make them punch a woman in an Atlantic City hotel elevator. Our patented AI known as Dotson uses irrelevant chatter to emasculate your opponent, degradingly challenging their manhood with comments such as, Some Patriots fan you are! as well as, you get three starters for one. And who could forget the classic, I will Venmo you $50 right now if you just accept the trade. Who cares, it's a free league. The trade machine is guaranteed to single-handedly drain your data plan along with siphoning away your productivity at work and love from your family. Call now to get our bonus free guide to getting cheated badly out of a trade known as Rule 19.1. Side effects might include loss of respect, mild annexation, constant eye rolls, crippling disappointment, and acquiring Damian Williams for Aaron Jones. The trade machine is not sold in Tennessee, Kentucky, Fat Shack, or Camden, New Jersey. Um, so let, 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 let's move on from these sort of surprising ones. I mean, we could talk all day about some of these, you know, but uh, let's let's go on to, to some sort of interesting buys and sells. Doom, I think you had some that you really liked and you were wanting to talk about, right? Yeah, I got a few uh, that I just kind of listed here, and we can talk about as many or as few as we want to. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, let's start with some big ones, because I know there will be some uh, probably some <laughs> dissenting opinions. Uh, okay. I'm going to start with Kenyon Drake. Uh, he's getting lots Bilo? of work. Yeah, Bilo. Uh, I He's getting a lot of work. He's in a powerful offense that wants to run a lot of plays. I get that he hasn't gotten a lot of passing work so far. I mean, let's let's face it, DeAndre Hopkins is pretty much out there like Kirby just sucking up every football that leaves Kyler's hands. Yeah. But you keep getting that work, I don't care who you are. You're you're going to end up with, you know, a good amount of touchdowns by the end of the year and a good amount of fantasy points by the end of the year. Everybody who thinks that Kenyon Drake is just going to keep returning them, you know, low RB2 or RB3 numbers, you know, mm -hmm. you're crazy. You're going to sell low, you're going to get out from under him, and then you're going to watch him blow up on someone else's team. I, I love this one because I've been trying to buy Kenyon Drake. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Let's not publish this for a few days. Give me, give me yeah, more opportunities off. to buy him. You yeah. got it. Um, I have been wanting to buy Kenyon Drake. I mean, he's going against Carolina this week, and then the Jets after. Like, I want it. 
I'm just I'm begging for it. I, I feel like I've PM'd quite a few people about it. No one's biting. Um, yeah. It's tough. I, I'm all about buying low on Kenyon Drake if in any way possible. And if you drafted him where he was being drafted, which was kind of late first, early second area, you're definitely pretty disappointed in the production you've seen so far. Um, oh, for sure. And I loved his tweet. He tweeted about it. He said... If you're not happy about my fantasy production, drop me because someone else on your in your league will be happy to have me on their team, and that's me. I want him. That, yeah. That's my case. <laughs> is it? Is it always funny? Like we hate when players like you know tweet out and they're like, "Oh, we hate fantasy players." That doesn't really <laughs> matter. But as soon as like George Kittle or somebody like him tweets out, "Yeah, I love my fantasy players," we're like, "Yeah, fucking yeah." yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Iken? Yeah, so boots. I'm not. I'm not selling. I have been um, very vocal about my dissatisfaction with being stuck in the 11 and 12 position in a lot of my drafts. Wait, have you? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, I have. I have a fair number of shares of Kenyon Drake. I ain't selling because I know what's there. I, however, uh, I do also wanted to say. Uh, I think it was this podcast that someone um, predicted the production for DeAndre Hopkins. You know, just saying. Uh, I don't remember who did that. That doesn't sound doot, right at doot. all. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, long story short, I'm not selling Kenya Drake. So, um, I hear you. So, if who you are can, you selling or buying, then? Your opportunity be found on the waiver wire. Honestly. Really? Okay, okay. So the reason why I say that yeah. is because we're, we're looking at so many injuries. We're looking at so many, and then we're going to be looking at COVID with help, with holdings, right? So yep. um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at doing the damage on the waiver wire. I don't think okay. the people that I could think of that you would buy, buy low or sell high, someone like maybe Jeff Wilson – Okay, maybe John okay. James Robinson. Um, I honestly think that James Robinson is is going to continue to produce. And Doom, I know you're going to disagree with me, so you go ahead. I want I want to hear what you have to say about James okay. Robinson. I have James Robinson on my sell high list, so you were you were right to bring up his name. Oh. <clears throat> um, you know, mostly what I can bring up is from a talent perspective and what I've seen on film so far, because let's face it, I didn't know who James Robinson was until <laughs> this year. But from what I've seen so far, like he's nothing outstandingly special. You know, he he does have a kind of third gear that I didn't really think he had, because for the most part, when he's close to the line, He's not all that quick. He's not laterally quick. He's not going to make someone miss. Uh, he's got about medium power, so he can move a pile or get that tough yard on occasion. But my biggest fear is his offense. You know, we we just saw kind of an ugly showing by that offense, so we know it's always a possibility. Now, don't get me wrong; he scored thirty points in that in that showing obviously, but uh, James Robinson, I don't know if they're going to continue to see as many goal line looks as they have, and I don't know if that offensive line is going to be good against really good defenses. The, what have we faced so far in Jacksonville? Is that Tennessee? Uh, um, Colts. In Miami. Colts. 
Colts, uh, I guess that that is kind that's of a, a tough. One. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Their defense has actually been showing to be better than I or, uh, would have thought it was this year. Well, don't, uh, so don't forget, though, that was the first game of the year and there is no tape. There's no yeah. there's no preparation for that. Uh, I think that's how they were <laughs> able to exploit that situation. But well, I mean, he didn't even look that great that game, to be fair. No, mm-hmm. he really does. So on tape, he really he, he's not really that interesting. He doesn't have a whole lot. Of, he doesn't have any burst. He doesn't really. I mean, he's got okay vision, right? He's got okay contact balance. Uh, he he has just enough of all of the above to be a jag, okay. But and, and that's kind of the label that I've given him in my mind is a jag. But continue. I'm sorry. I, but the the thing is, is that who else is going to do it? And Chris Thompson is healthy. He's probably the only other uh, competition for the guy. Uh, we got maybe, um, how what's his name? Rykel. Yeah, yeah. right. Quell may be back from COVID at some point. Uh, I do bring up uh, kind of in a Curtis Samuel kind of way, LaVisca Chenault does oh, uh, yeah. take some of those carries away from him. Uh, and one of my notes I've made is that Chenault actually looks like more of a dynamic runner than Robinson does. Now he's not as powerful. He's not going to get that tough yard like Robinson probably will, though. So I'll, I'll say this, I, you know, I, I'm still a fan of James Robinson, and if I can buy him cheaper, I think I'm okay with it. I don't I don't mind buying him still, but I understand the hesitation. I have a great chart in front of me here by Sam Hoppin. If you don't follow him on Twitter, he makes amazing uh, graphics where he talks about um, where running back touches are, right? If they're mm-hmm. in the red zone, if they're in the 40 to 20 range, James Robinson's towards the bottom of that list, only getting uh, 10% of his overall attempts in the red zone, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty low. Uh, while, as you were concerned about the offense not being great, where 16% are within the 100 to 81 yards and 27% are within 80 to 60. So about 50% of James Robinson's touches are coming on the other half of the field, right? Yeah. And not a lot in the red zone. And that that kind of goes back to that offense just not being great, right? Um, I still am kind of okay with the buy low, if at all possible. Now, the problem is is that what what is James Robinson's price right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is he like... That's why I, I see him know. as a sell high, because I feel like, you know, if you find the right person, you could probably get a high-end RB2 kind of value for him. Like, okay, so let me give you an example here. If you have James Robinson, and let's go another guy that's maybe underperformed a little bit, Devontae Parker. If you have both of those guys and you're packaging them for a better wide receiver, who can you get? Who do you realistically imagine somebody can mm-hmm. get for that? James Robinson and Devontae Parker. Maybe right? one of the Rams receivers. I think you could get Galladay for that. Oh, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, I don't know if you get Galladay. Maybe a Ray. Hey, it would be tough, but you're talking. I think your... Woods or Cup are definitely in the realm of possibility. Yeah, I think either of those could be in the possibility. How about? Uh, it's probably an overpay for Terry McLaurin, but I think uh, better days That's are ahead overpay. for him. That's an overpay for McLaurin in my mind. Yeah. So at some point, Ron Rivera is going to get sick of looking at Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> And it sounds like it's coming up based on if you guys saw the quotes this week. Oh, Ron yeah. Rivera is like 
the team is good, they deserve good quarterback play or something like that. Oh, he's not ruling out the possibility of Smith comeback season. Oh, oh if, he, if he takes one snap, he's comeback player of the year. I'm I'm all about snap. it. I'm yeah. all. About I want to I want to see him succeed. You know, you guys know I'm a 49ers fan. Or if you didn't, we're know, all you know saying now, this, and I'm a Chiefs but, fan, so I love Alex Smith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like both of us have had personal experiences with Alex Smith. You know, yeah. I never I never felt great about the way that he lost his job in San Francisco. You know, yeah. I, well, I like I like Kaepernick too, but you know, he lost his job after getting a concussion. That was kind of not cool. And that, that's exactly why I feel bad about Tyrod. You know, every, I, I'm one of those people that's like, I do think Justin Herbert is probably showed us better than what Tyrod can show us. But if you lose your job because some guy can't do an injection correctly, I'm going to feel bad for you. Yeah. Right. And I think that's mm-hmm. why Lynn was saying Tyrod is still the guy because he did knows that that wasn't the right way for Tyrod to lose that job. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so before we move on from James Robinson, I want to bring up one really important point about James Robinson. He has kind of a soft schedule coming up. Cincinnati, Houston, Detroit, Chargers, Houston again, and then yep. Green Bay. Uh, and then week 11 is Pittsburgh. So with that in mind, uh, I don't know that I would want to let him go just yet. In yeah, my I don't mind, think I would be selling. But the thought is, I mean, if you are going to do it, it's not a bad idea because the playoff weeks, he's facing Tennessee, Baltimore, and Chicago. Oof. So, the idea is solid. I think that you could, I think that you could actually probably hold on to him for a little bit longer, get some good productive weeks out of him. You might even be able to get more for him out of it later on too. To be like, listen, you could be like, "Yo, this is consistent," and then and then <laughs> just be like, "Just don't look at weeks fourteen, fifteen, or 16. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, I, that's that's probably how I would look at it. I agree. Like looking, at, I think you know it may if you don't want to sell now. I think holding him for next week, playing him against Cincinnati, is probably a really good proposition, and then sell him at his peak after that. Because, you know, Houston's got a really good D-line. You know, I think that'll put a stop to someone like him who can't really make somebody miss on the inside. Detroit's obviously a good matchup. But then you got the bye. Chargers bad. Houston bad. Green Bay. Green Bay may be bad if they're way up. Pittsburgh's a bad D-line to face. Cleveland's a bad D-line to face. Like, I'm scared of his second half of the season. Yeah. Um. I'll, I'll go into to, to a guy I'm, I'm looking to buy. I, I mean, I like all of these, honestly, and I'd be fine with buying every single one, whether it was Kenyon Drake or James Robinson. But another guy I did just bring up, Devontae Parker, um, you know, he was dealing with, I think he had a, a bit of an injury uh, week one against New England and everything was kind of up in the air. Um, kind of makes a comeback week two, but particularly I, I don't mind a schedule going forward. You know, Seattle is giving up, I think the most touchdowns to wide receivers right now. Giving um, up everything. Yeah. Everything. Um, San Francisco's secondary is banged up as heck. Um, you know that. <laughs> yeah. We literally don't have a cornerback at this point. Like we're just wheeling somebody out there. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I, I do kind of worry, you know, sure, Denver's not a bad defense, Los Angeles Chargers, and then the Rams, and then Arizona's kind of tough. But then he basically gets the Jets twice in a row. He gets Week 10, but then Week 12, uh, Cincinnati, KC, New England, La, uh, Las Vegas. So it's kind of like a mixed bag here and there, but there's definitely stretches where Devontae Parker, I think, is going to have a very productive time, specifically these next few weeks and then the weeks just leading up to the playoffs in 10, 11, and 12. Uh, well, 11's the bye, but 11, 12, 13, 10, 12, 13, Jets twice and Cincinnati once. And that that's exactly the time when you're going to be making a playoff push and that's kind of you know what you're going to be buying into. So I'm kind of fine with buying a Devontae Parker right now. Yeah, I I like that a lot. I mean, Fitz isn't showing any signs of slowing down with his what he does. <laughs> Devontae Parker is he, he's a fantastic wide receiver. Um, my only concern would be to just you know I just hope he stays healthy. That would yeah. be my only concern. But yeah. You know, Health is my biggest concern with him. He has already shown that he had a hamstring before, and we all know how those can linger or pop back up later in the year. But I do, like you said, I think his schedule is mostly favorable, you know, throughout the year. Uh, I I agree with Iken, you know, uh, they're going to keep Fitzpatrick in as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, you know. Yeah. Um, um, so what of, do you think you have to spend in order to get Devonte Parker? Well, I, I had thrown up that, that trade that I had described, um, a minute ago. And like I said, this is, this is actually a real trade that I've tried to work out. Here's a fun fact of the day for you. Um, <laughs> James Robinson and Devonte Parker, I'd be willing to sell a better, uh, wide receiver. It's ironic. You said Kenny Galladay, because that is who I'm not giving up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, you already waited this long, right? You know. Yeah, like, I mean, it's time. I mean, it, you know, he's back. Um, I wanted to hear your opinion here real quick, because you had mentioned wide receiver hammy injuries and everything like that. And ironically enough, there's somebody in Champs who has Michael Thomas and Julio Jones right now. How are how are you feeling if you're that guy? I mean, and I'll, I'll even go one step further. I'll tell you how they're doing. Let, let me pull up their... Uh, their um, so it's TC, by the way, and he's 0-6. Oh, um, I feel yeah. for you, buddy. Median scoring, by <laughs> yeah. the way, in case anyone's wondering how it's 6. Oh, yeah. Medi- median yeah. scoring is wonderful. We play against that. Yeah, I really like the median scoring. Even though I'm 1-5, in five, I still like it. You know. Yeah. I think so it, what are you doing if you're if you're that guy? I mean, are you still holding and just hoping for a <sighs> you know, second half of the sort of season surge and hope you get like seven wins in a row or what? In my auction league, I actually am sitting in that exact situation. Okay. Uh, okay. I have Julio. I have Michael Thomas. Um, and this is exactly why when I said earlier that you can do your damage on the waiver wire. Because yep. what I did Sunday morning while I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, um, I picked up Cole Beasley, T. Higgins, and Greg Ward all for free up off of the waiver wire. And they went straight to my lineup. And by the grace of God, they all <laughs> ended up being super productive. And I ended up winning the matchup for the week. Now... Is that yeah. going to be representative of, of uh, actionable advice that anyone else can listen to? 
probably not. But <laughs> I think what it does is it illustrates the point that if you can analyze some of these situations where there is a hole to fill with volume mm-hmm. and there's opportunity there, I think if you analyze it properly and you get a little bit of luck, I think what it what it does is it shows you that you can make that you can make your damage on a waiver wire too. I, I'm right there with you on this. I, and I think, and I'm not going to say anybody specifically in any specific league, but I have straight up, and I've done it too. There's been some bad waiver wire decisions across the board this year, and I just don't think it's being talked about enough that there's been some straight up bad buys. Um, oh, whether that's, the Giants? Yeah, D- Dion Lewis is, is the primary one that I'm thinking in my head. Um, and not just selling Austin Eckler for 75 fab, although don't do that either. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, his price is 76 like, now. Did you see this week last week? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, he's better now. Um, but, like, Daryl Henderson seemed like the biggest no-brainer uh, running back by, other than maybe Mike Davis, potentially Mike Davis, but I'm still hesitant on that one. Daryl Henderson seemed like the biggest no-brainer running back by last week, in my mind just because everybody else was hurt and the Rams currently lead the NFL in running, right? They want to run, right? They're leading in attempts right now. And I'm sitting there going, well, Cam Akers is hurt and Malcolm Brown kind of is working, but Daryl Henderson is kind of good, right? And so I'm sitting there going, wait, I get the lead back in the team that runs the most. And in champs, he was the cheapest running back that went in the waiver wires last week, right? That so, and he looked absolutely electric against a good run D, which is yes. Oh, he was getting like ten yards a pop. Like it seemed like oh, every yeah. time he touched the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Another guy, and he's you know he's picked up in a lot of places, and you know he's probably not even there anymore, especially for how productive he's been. But Jarek McKinnon, in a very limited role, has been pretty productive, right? And this just kind of says a lot about Kyle Shanahan and just how great he is at using running backs. But as long as Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman are hurt, you got to be excited about running out Jarek McKinnon every week. Although he has a rib thing right now. But. And by extension, and by that note, Jeff Wilson too. Which, oh, yep. let me just do my quick plug for Jeff Wilson. He's nothing special. He's absolutely nothing special. Yeah. But reviewing the film on a bunch of last games from last year and this year, the dude's got some pretty decent hands. And in a Shanahan offense where you're pretty much the only healthy running back, I'll take it. I now have a question here. Um, this is a mini trivia question here. What percentage of Jarek McKinnon's touches, right, do you think have been within 40 yards of the goal? Because this is an astounding number. Within 40 within, yards? Within 40 yards. Not just the red zone, we'll call it the orange zone. 40 to 22. So within 40 yards of the goal. I'll say 7. I feel like 7%. it's going to be a I feel like it's going to be a low number. <laughs> oh, totally off. I'm going to guess totally. 95%. No, 95% would be great. Um, but no, it is 55%. 55% of Jarek McKinnon's touches through these first three weeks have been within the, the 40 yards of the goal line. 35% have been in the red zone. Hmm. And that was, so was that just last week or the, no, all three weeks so far, 
all three weeks so far. Oh. And to be fair, we're talking about a very small number of touches in the first two weeks. It's like we're talking, you know, these are is definitely like law of small numbers here, mm-hmm. but it's definitely encouraging, and it just kind of says a lot about shanahan's usage of mckinnon in general although it, we've made it cl- abundantly clear that that offense can use any running back and still look amazing um, i'm willing to bet that i could line up in the backfield there and <laughs> get a touchdown or two maybe <laughs> oh I mean, you're probably not wrong <laughs> shanahan might as well just call his system running backs don't matter because that's what it essentially proves week after week is like it doesn't matter who they throw back there they're going to be Absolutely productive not. and so just a couple of things i have on jeff wilson that i guess uh-huh. i'll bring up because we're on the topic uh i always yeah. i always quick. like in investing in unknown backfield situations it's kind of up in the air right now so you for all we know jeff wilson's only a couple of weeks but he might be longer if it turns out some of those injuries are longer um I'll also bring up his next three matchups. Philadelphia, which is 10th, not so great against the running back. Miami, which is great. And then the Rams, which surprisingly aren't that far behind Miami. Now, real quick, it should be important to note note here. Doom is more of a film guy, right? That's how I understand it, right? Yeah. You you watch. I do tend to watch more film than I involve myself in some of the stats. I'm aware of them, so it's not yeah. like I, I just ignore them completely. I, I like to do a little bit of a mix of the two. I, I think at no fault of my own, I've been dubbed a stats person, but I didn't I didn't plan this. You absolutely um, are a stats and numbers person. Uh, yeah, <laughs> see, I didn't plan this, but it's it sort of happened at this point. Um uh, so let, let, let's let's we're you know we're wrapping up here towards the end here. I'm gonna throw out some names and I want to just hear quick initial like one to two sentence thoughts so far, right? And if you guys have any, we'll do those two real quick. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna throw out a name so far. Let's just start Calvin Ridley. Instant thoughts so far. Wide receiver one. Wide for receiver the year. one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, will Fuller. Uh, I mean, um, wide, wide receiver two if he's not injured. <laughs> uh, injury week five. Injury week five. Okay, Cam Newton. Mm. I, I still don't know if he can pass well. <laughs> um, pass. Pass. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Under low end RB one. For- Underperforming for the hype. I'm gonna say disappointing. Uh, I don't know about that. Did you see that game? Like uh, they didn't use any of their starters for the second half. Like they had a pick six at the very beginning of the game. I, uh, I, I'm just saying, relative to the hype. I oh yes. I don't think the he. He's not gonna turn out. I don't think he's gonna turn out to be Zeke. Like so many people are like dubbing him as. Yeah, Johnny Smith. He's got COVID. What? <laughs> oh, Titans. Oh, I was like, Titans. Oh. yeah, but, it uh, actually, I mean, but Titans. Janu is another big surprise to me this year. I thought he's looked amazing so far. Leading tight ends and touchdowns, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, he seems um, to be yeah. like Tannehill's go to without AJ Brown. Uh, let's see, one more. Uh, and you guys can say any you want. Uh, Gardner Minshew. 
I mean, I'm sporting his mustache right now. I love that dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like his his play so far. I was a little disappointed by Thursday. I was very dis- I That was so surprising to me. He'll come back. I, I thought. I thought that that was set to be the easiest game for him and completely underperformed in every sense of the word. Had an end to fumble. I mean, it, it was so disappointing. There's a uh, train of thought out there that says that he doesn't perform well in uh, what you would call it, uh, uh, primetime games, you know, sh- uh, stuff that's on national TV. Hmm. So it's Gardner, Kirk Cousins, Minshew? <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Is that his name? <laughs> um, right. Okay, I got one for you. James Conner. Mm. Undervalued. Yeah, I'd say he's probably is undervalued right now. I mean, yeah. I, I'd never be a secure James Conner owner. I'd always be worried that the next time he takes a tackle, he's out for the game. I think he's going to provide inherent value because of the fact that their defense is so great and that their offense can score pretty well. They can move it down the field and everything. And in my mind, running backs with great defenses and offenses that can move the ball down the field are very valuable. Those McFarland touches kind of scared me a little bit too. Oh, don't get me started on McFarland. Oh, gosh. All right. (laughs) Got anybody else? Uh, Cleveland Browns defense. I mean, the defensive line is amazing. Like, they are just mauling people. Yeah, the the, the, the D-line is amazing. The the corners are not not bad. I'm going to say that they're not. They're better than average, I would say. Yes. Um, I, I don't know that I've seen Greedy Williams out there to, like, have an opinion on him, but they do have one guy that you watch and you go, okay, that is a good corner, and I don't remember their name. Um, it's like their main one, but uh, yeah, their line. Denzel Ward, that guy, he, yeah, he's, Ward. he's good. Um, and then obviously Miles Garrett is phenomenal. That so Miles I'm going to say that they're tape. better than we thought. Yeah, my, that Miles that? Garrett, that Miles Garrett uh, strip sack was just a thing of beauty. That was amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's a phenomenal player. Do you got any doom you want to? Uh, let's see. I got a couple. How about uh, Justin Jefferson? He'll probably be a waiver darling this week. I wouldn't be surprised if people dropped their remaining fab on Justin Jefferson for the year. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. I'm I don't give... have a... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll give you the stats afterwards. I don't have a strong opinion on Justin Jefferson, but I'm going to say... I'm just going to say blanket no. That's my response to Justin Jefferson. And it's You're nothing to really do with him. It's more to do with Kirk Cousins. I, I can't mm-hmm. buy into Kirk Cousins right now. There's a there's okay. a huge void at wide receiver, too. I mean, the, it, the opportunity is there. And you're right. The only, Without going too much into it, you're right. Kirk Cousins is the unknown there. I'll leave it at that. I'd also say the offense is a little limiting, which is probably a lot of worry for people. I'll bring up the matchups for the next three weeks at Houston, at Seattle, Atlanta. Those are two really good matchups between Seattle and Atlanta, and I'm not that worried about Houston, especially in the secondary. So those are good matchups. He had his highest snaps in week three so far this year. Uh I'm doing just a little comparison here, but Diggs in 2019, if you want to say that he's in comparison as a guy on the outside, was 63 of 94 for 1130 and six touchdowns. 
So if you want to think that Justin Jefferson gets, you know, whatever, 75% of that, you're still looking at like 900 yards and four or five TDs. Like that may be worth it just to get off waivers. Uh, the only other thing I had was just uh, his last season at LSU. He got 111 receptions for 1,540 yards and 18 touchdowns. Like that's a ridiculous senior year. That is a lot. The only yeah. thing from the combine comparison that Diggs has on Justin Jefferson is the size of his hands. Everything else Justin Jefferson was better at, whether you're talking arm length, 40-yard, vertical jump, broad jump, Justin Jefferson was better at all of them. Yeah, that's that's all fair. I mean, like I said, I'm still probably going to avoid just because Kirk Cousins, there's certain other wide receivers I'm aiming after a little bit more. You guys can probably take a very good educated guess at who they are. I mean, you know, T. Higgins being the, mm-hmm. the primary one had a phenomenal week, and there's obviously a few other guys that were definitely productive in pretty limited roles. Greg Ward, James Washington sort of got a little bit of looks and everything because of you know he's more of a product of a situation too but um randall cobb a little bit just because you know playing against minnesota this week i wouldn't absolutely hate going and snagging a randall cobb this week this might be dfs brain sort of because i play a lot of dfs and i'll probably have a lot of randall cobb this week but um, we still need to do a dfs podcast man we still need to do that yeah we do yeah, we do. I mean, I I do like I I I don't call it a show, but I almost do like a weekly th- you know show on every Friday night um, mm-hmm. where I talk about all that stuff, and a few of you guys have been in on those. Um, I'm still you know I'm still working on my list of uh, players this week, but uh, it's definitely an interesting week. You know, this has been a very interesting year in general. You know, I mean, I can mention it earlier. Waivers are just so much more important this year. And I think, you know, I, me being like a DFS player feels like it's helped me a little bit this year because I'm paying attention so much to individual matchups, right? I'm paying attention so much to individual games going, this player could have a really great game. And that has sort of helped me into grabbing certain guys off the waivers in some leagues, um, not so much in others. Uh, I can can attest my auction league team is awful. <laughs> it's very bad. And but, just uh, as as a quick yeah. addendum to that too, looking looking at where holes are going to be, looking at who's next up, who has the opportunity, and then you go back and you look at some film on how they played in college, how they played in previous years, and kind of the overall like methodology that coaches are using is going to give you kind of a bit of an upper hand in terms of determining who is going to be the person that puts those numbers up. Um, I feel like I did a pretty good job of doing it in week three across three different leagues. Um, I still ended up losing by like a hair. I lost by point two in one league I did this in and it was really frustrating. But the point is, is that a lot of the waiver grabs I made for free ended up being very, very productive. And I just, you know, you just look at those holes. You look at who is next up in line for those types of things and make good educated guesses. And I don't think I've ever played a a year in fantasy where it's more important than this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say since we were just talking about Justin Jefferson, um, there are only six wide receivers in history to ever have a 170-yard game in their rookie season. Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Odell Beckham Jr., Anquan Bolden, and Mike Evans. And now, Justin Jefferson. 
So, great company to be in. Um, All I heard is he's Jerry Rice. <laughs> and, and I mean, look at Mike Evans now. He's getting uh, two receptions, two yards, and two touchdowns in a game. <laughs> he's the Jordan Howard of receivers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, actually, I know I was telling you guys about uh, running backs based on where their touches are coming from. 50% of Jordan Howard's touches are in the red zone. 50%. Bye, bye, bye. Yep. Uh, Peyton Barber right next to him at 47. But, uh, oh, God. Um, no, no, no. Hey, yeah. by the way, no thanks. No thanks. No thanks on Peyton Barber. <laughs> no thanks on no Peyton Bay Barber. No thanks on Jordan Howard. What, um, what about Gibson? I have a f- quite a few shares on Gibson, so I'll recuse myself. <laughs> I think that he's extremely interesting, and I look forward to seeing how he plays out in the long run. But I don't have i I have a lot of opinions on him, and no strong opinions. Nope, nope. He's a wait and see in okay. my book, and I'm happy to see. I hope I always hope that good talent prevails. That's how I feel. That's fair. Okay. Um. All right. Well, uh, that's all I had. Um, you guys got anything? Uh, Gabriel Davis is amazing. Um, and he's Gabriel what Duke, Davis is amazing. Gabriel Davis is amazing, and he is what Duke Williams should have been. That's That was going to be my last plug. And Bye. I know I know he's old, but keep an eye on Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Grandpa. Oof. I don't know about that. He's, one. <laughs> he's getting a lot. He's getting a lot of red zone targets. And I know. I'm interested it's to so see how weird. that works it's out. Wrong. Yeah. yeah, I know that those are just um, kind of like last minute plugs, but I mean, I'm I'm with Boots. I think that about wraps it up. We had we had some good good talks about some good situations here, and um, I well, know. Before we before we finally officially wrap up, I want to hear one final thought. Same thing about the game or the player name a player. Quick initial thoughts. Last night's KC Ray Ravens game. Initial thoughts. Quick. Let's go. Oh, uh, the Ravens are done. <laughs> <laughs> done. He said it. Done. They're oh overrated. God. They are overrated. <laughs> who said who? I live in and, Louisville, so all I hear is Lamar Jackson this, Lamar Jackson that every day of my life. Well, uh, I, I, this should be brought up because this should be name and shame till the end of time. HLV said Lamar Jackson should not have won MVP last year. Oh my God! The worst take. The that's, worst take. He was superhuman last year. That's worse than saying Patrick Mahomes deserved the Super Bowl MVP over Damian Williams. Oh my God! It was one run. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Doom. You are phenomenal. I'm sure. Anybody that's still awake with that sensual voice of yours <laughs> enjoyed it, I hope. It's like audio velvet. We'll definitely have you on again, I'm sure. But yeah. uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah, thanks again, everybody. We'll be putting these out uh, hopefully more regularly, although we're doing okay so far. Yeah, we just missed one week so far. And uh, yeah, I guess we're going to have to find out who's going to do the, the intro this year this, this for this one, because it's not going to be Doom. Yeah, we, we can't. It just doesn't seem right. I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out. But thanks everybody. Thanks for joining us, Doom. Thanks for being here, and hopefully we'll we'll see you again. <laughs>